Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I am your host, Derek L. Calhoun, the author of Press Into the Power. I hope you're enjoying this music that we have. Uh, This song is called Miracle from Sylvia Jones' latest music project, which is available online wherever music is sold or streamed. Or you can reach out to her on her website, www.sylviajones.com, helping you experience God's presence through contemporary worship. Listen, uh, before we get started today, I want to bring you just a quick note from our sponsor, Distinction Inc. Do you need custom t-shirts or hoodies? Look no further than Distinction Inc. From screen printing to embroidery, Distinction Inc. provides high-quality apparel and promotional items with stress-free customer service. Distinction Inc. also provides competitive pricing, especially for nonprofit organizations and churches. If you have any upcoming projects, they would love to earn your business and exceed your expectation. You can request a quote by visiting www.distinctioninc.com. Distinction Inc. We deliver results that make you say, wow. All right, let's get ready for the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. Kip Nation, how are you? I pray that this season is bringing you great blessings and great direction as you seek the face of our God during this fall season. I also pray that you are making this podcast your favorite drive time podcast as you share it with your friends, family, and network. Let's get started. This is a real sobering podcast for me because it deals with the issue of people that may feel abandoned in life. They may feel spiritually disenfranchised, spiritually disconnected to God, spiritually unfit or spiritually unhealthy to pursue the things of the kingdom of God. But I'm here to tell you today that God has not forgotten about you. A matter of fact, The title of today's podcast is simply this. It's not over yet. God has not forgotten about you. I want to say this. God will find you. He will find you in whatever situation or predicament you think you are in. As a matter of fact, to God, you were never lost. He always knows where you are. From the moment that we receive him in our life as our Lord and Savior, The scripture declares that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And yet we all experience times in our life when we feel that we are lost and need to be found. Well, I'm here to tell you that God will go to whatever extent necessary to make sure that you are found. He always looks after the lost sheep of Israel because he knows that we all go astray. God will not and has not given up on you. Let me say that again. God will not and has not given up on you. Somebody out there really feels that God has abandoned you. And you have a deep sense of loneliness that shackles your hope and makes you feel like all hope is gone. But deep down inside, you know, 
And I know that hope never fails. And God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. So if he said he's going to do it, he is able to do it. Whatever he puts his mind to, wherever his word goes out, his word will never return unto him void. So if he said it, it shall come to pass. But in spite of knowing all of this, sometimes we still feel like God has forgotten about us. Sometimes you feel like you've fallen into a cycle of despair and sin that makes you feel like you have fallen out of the favor of God. Helplessness surrounds you and your past plays on repeat like a broken record over and over again. The enemy reminds you of what you did and why you're in this hapless state. But all things work together for the good to those who love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. God knows that you are going to fall. That was not a surprise to him. So don't let the enemy record and play your past in your spirit over and over again. There are people out there who are mistaken by their smiles. People look at their smiles and they think that this is an inner peace, uh, uh, but truly they trust no one. And their smiles is a hiding place for life's disappointment. Let me tell you something about obscurity. In your obscurity, always remember to trust God. And lean not to thine own understanding. Obscurity is the place where we find ourselves and we're disconnected from our previous friends and disconnected from our previous lifestyles, disconnected from previous titles or positions or places or functions where life is in transition and things are changing and yet while they are changing, it seems like they are changing for your detriment when really God is putting on a new robe, a new helmet of salvation, a new breastplate of righteousness, a new shield of faith, a new garment that wraps around your loins with truth, new shoes that your feet may be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, a new shield to fight off the fiery darts of the enemy and the sword of the spirit. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature and old things are passing away and all things become new. Didn't God say, behold, I do a new thing? So when you're in your place of obscurity, God is doing a new thing in you. So don't let obscurity choke you from achieving the destiny that God has promised you. Let me say something about God. God is not a feeling. He is a tangible source of hope, a tangible source of help, a tangible source of healing, a very present help in the time of trouble. He is the God of mercy, grace, and providential care. He is the great I am. If we need forgiveness, he forgives. If we need mercy, he gives us mercy. If we are in bondage, the only thing he has to say is the same thing he said to Lazarus when he was in the bondage of the grave. Lazarus, rise. 
If we are overwhelmed, all he has to say is the same thing he said to the oceans when the oceans overwhelmed and the atmosphere and environment overwhelmed the disciples. Peace be still. God is not lost in our obscurity. In all actuality, obscurity is the workshop of his process. It is the place where he hides us until the appointed time, until the fullness of time, until all things come together and everything is in order and responding to the word and the will of God. It is the zeitgeist moment that he hides us until the perfect time. Jesus lived in the earth for 30 years before the father acknowledged him and said to him, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. 30 years of obscurity for his son. So if he can be in a place of obscurity and come out unscathed, but come out better and ready to do the will of the father, then surely we need this time for God to do a work on the inside of us. Moses hid on the backside of the desert in obscurity for 40 years before God showed himself in the form of a burning bush to deliver Israel and to make Moses one of the greatest leaders of all time. When Moses first started, it was a difficult situation. There's a difference between the, the starting Moses and the finishing Moses. Moses actually thought that he had gotten all of the impartation that he needed in the palace. But a palace impartation and a palace education would be no match for the wilderness and the desert. So he needed to be in the desert. So watch this. 40 years tucked in the secret laboratory of obscurity can make a very different person. Moses, when he first came out of the palace, he killed an Egyptian. And this was in Exodus chapter 2, verse 14. Listen to what the people said. The man replied, who appointed you to be our prince and judge? Are you going to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? Then Moses was afraid, thinking everyone knows what he did. And from that point, he spent 40 years in the desert. But the 40 years in the desert prepared him to lead the children of Israel for 40 years. And after leading the children of Israel through all of the, the temptations and the pain and the suffering and the victories in the desert, bringing them out of Egypt, across the Red Sea, Deuteronomy 34 describes how God, we heard how man looked at Moses before the 40 years. Now let's look at how God looked at Moses. Deuteronomy 34, 10 through 12, contemporary English version. There has never again been a prophet in Israel like Moses. The Lord spoke face to face with him and sent him to perform powerful miracles in the presence of the king of Egypt and his entire nation. No one else has ever had that power to do such great things as Moses did for everyone to see. Forty years will help you become the person that God 
has called you to become. All great men and women of God go through these times. Joseph lived in obscurity. After the dream and the promise, he lived in the shadows of his father's love and in his brother's jealousy. Then they betrayed him, mishandled him, threw him into a pit only to be sold by his cousins to Egyptian slavery. He worked as the chief Hebrew slave in Potiphar's house until Potiphar's wife tried him and then lied on him. And when her plot failed, she had him sent to prison. So it was off to prison. And it was 13 years between the time that Joseph was thrown into the pit until the time he rose out of the prison to become the prince of Egypt. But before he was the prince of Egypt, he was in obscurity. Obscurity came before the dream began to manifest. Do not die in your winter. Do not die in your wilderness. Do not die in your obscurity. God will take you out of obscurity and make you a prince or princess or the woman or man of God that he called you to be. He found the impotent man, the lame man, outside of the synagogue at the pool of Bethesda. This man was surrounded by a cistern of unbelief, doubt, mistrust, impotence, blindness, fear, paralysis, hopelessness, desperation, and despair. And yet Jesus walked through all of these emotions and, and all of the people to find this one man who believed that in spite of all of his negative surroundings, that God could still healed him. When Jesus said, do you want to be made whole? He said, I'm waiting for a man to put me in the water. Now we may see that as negative, but it's positive because he yet believed in spite of his environment that God would come to heal him. And lo and behold, instead of a man putting him in the waters, the waters came to him in the presence of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the true and living water would find this man. You don't understand. The words that flowed out of the belly of Jesus were like rivers of living water, taking the fact of 38 years and transforming the fact into the faith of healing in a split second because God is able. Let me say this, miracles still happen. After 38 long years, Jesus asked him, do you want to be made whole? You can be waiting for the wrong person to put you in the water, but at least you believe by faith that you could be healed. This message is for the forgotten. This message is for those who are broken, the hurting, the misunderstood, the mishandled, the mistreated, those who worship God in obscurity like David with a word in their bellies, yet not invited to the coronation. I'm here to declare to you that God will find you. It's not over. I declare that you are coming out of a season of abuse and mistreatment. God is sending some people to your life who will no longer mishandle you or misjudge you 
or mistreat you. Your season of being lost in obscurity is coming to a conclusion. Weapons have been formed, but they have not prospered because God has a plan for your life. A plan that will not harm you, but instead give you hope and a future. Jeremiah 29 and 11. Listen to this story of obscurity. The story of God's faithfulness to humanity. Even when no one knows who we are. You don't have to be known by men, but you are known by God. God knows his faithful children. God knows those who've been shortchanged. God knows who you are. Second Samuel 9, 1 through 13, the New International Version. Here's David, the representative of God, finding someone who no one knows exists. And David asks, is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They summoned him to appear before David. And the king said to him, Are you Ziba? At your service, he replied. The king asked, Is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Ziba answered the king, there is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. You'll find this portion of the story in 2 Samuel 4 and 4, where the Philistines have overrun the Israelites. King Saul is dead. Jonathan is dead. And the nurse fears for her life and for the son of Jonathan and begins to run. As she runs, the story has it that either he fell or she dropped him. But the point of impact caused him to be lame. And his lameness, he was literally forgotten by everyone. So David asked the question, where is he? Ziba answered, he is at the house of Mercur, the son of Emil, in Lodabar. Lodabar is a place of obscurity. Lodabar in the Hebrew means no word, no thing. It is the pasture of hopelessness, of nothingness. It is the place of abandonment. And yet, God sends David to find him. So King David has him brought from Lodabar, from the house of Mercur, the son of Emil. When Melphibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. David said, Melphibosheth, Mephibosheth replied, at your service. David said, don't be afraid, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. You know the relationship that David had with Jonathan, and this relationship paid dividends in the future. Even after Jonathan was dead, David looked to restore his kingdom. So here's what David says to Mephibosheth, I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down in disbelief and said, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Is there anyone out there that feels like you are walking in a lifeless and dead situation? Listen to this. Mephibosheth felt the same way. He felt deprived, lonely, 
heartbroken, maybe suffering from low self-esteem or hopelessness or just being forgotten or forsaken, feeling worthless. He was crippled, broken, feeling too insignificant to be worth the effort of God. Why would the king even notice his absence, even allow him to be in his presence, but God, God in his infinite wisdom will come and find you no matter where you are. Lodabar, you can't hide from God in Lodabar. You can't hide from God in prison. You can't hide from God in the wilderness. You can't hide from God in obscurity. God will go to extra lengths to find you. Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's steward, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Melphibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. So everything that Ziba and his servants brought in was overflow because he would always be fed at the king's table. Imagine that going from thinking you're a dead dog to being seated at the king's table in majesty. Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. So Melphibosheth went from having to serve himself to having 35 servants at his feet plus all of Saul's land. Isn't it amazing the power of restoration? God will restore what the locust and the canker worm have eaten. Then Ziba said to the king, your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant to do. So Melphibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's son. Melphibosheth had a young son named Micah and all the members of Ziba's household were servants of Melphibosheth and Melphibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table. He was lame in both feet but Lodabar and his lameness could not keep God from blessing him. I want you to know today that no matter what you feel like, it is not over yet. God has not forgotten about you. You have been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I am your host, Derek L. Calhoun. Make sure you go and influence the nations. God bless.